Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast of brilliance, for brilliant people and legends. We're talking about Book 7, Chapter 2. Talk of the wedding seems to have Nikolai in a sour mood, and he lashes out at his father's steward, literally, in the words of the show Spartacus, putting boot to arse. Given that we discover shortly that the pretext for Matenka's firing was an incorrect assumption, do you feel that Nikolai was justified in the firing of his father's steward? Number two, after the firing, when speaking with his father, Nikolai and his father seem engaged in a back and forth about who is actually worse with money and estate management. Do you think the long-term Rostov fortunes are doomed? Has Nikolai learned nothing about the value of a ruble from his gambling escapade years ago? Geez, you'd hope so. Finally, even though the estate is floundering, they tear up a 2,000 ruble promissory note from Anna Mikhailovna. Is there any way that this is a wise decision? Can you see any way this gesture will pay dividends down the road, given that Anna and Boris are not well off themselves? Ripster66 says, I found this chapter a bit confounding, honestly. Let's hand over the family finances to the dude that blew a ton of money on gambling and hasn't been home in a very long while. What makes them think he'll be any better at handling money than his father? He rushes in, makes assumptions, and fires the steward. No one thinks this is a bad form, in bad form. I love the Rostovs and their joy of life, but I'm not a fan of their poor decision-making. Also, I admit my confusion with the promissory note. Was that money they promised to Anna and Boris, and now they're ripping up that promise? Or was that a promise that Boris and Anna will pay them back that money, and he's ripping that up? Why is his mother so happy about it? It just sort of missed what I think probably an important plot point. Can someone make it clearer? Corsio says the promissory note meant that Anna owed them money. Presumably Anna wrote it after she had some point, at some point loaned 2000 from the Countess. There was no such scene in the book, though, only one where the Countess gave Anna 700 to make Boris's uniform, but that was supposed to be a gift. I guess the mother then, Mrs. Rostov, Countess Rostov, is glad to see that they're not going to be, you know, hitting up her friend to pay back some money. And so she's happy that um, they don't have to appear stingy to their friends. Ryan Dundev says, It feels as though he's using the steward as a scapegoat for his own, and sorry, for his father's and by proxy his own failure to manage the family finances responsibly. If it's all the steward's fault, then they both aren't to blame and the problem is solved, right? No. That promissory note was a really interesting moment. It's also almost as if he was wrestling with the inevitable, trying to pull back from the inertia of the choices and habits that got them into this position. With that gesture, he basically concedes that this is who and he, who he and his family are. They spend their money freely to help their friends and come prosperity or ruin. That's who they must be. Let the chips fall where they may. Um, and for Lost Souls in a Bowl has given us a link here. Nikolai managing the Rostov family estate, colorized. And um, it's a picture of someone sitting at a science lab with beakers and experiments in front of them. And they're pouring uh, one liquid. It looks like they're doing some chemistry, pouring a beaker into another glass. And they've got um, like protective glasses on. 
and that someone who is doing this experiment is also a golden retriever dog. And the caption says, I have no idea what I'm doing. Very good. <laughs> Cute. That dog doesn't know how to do science. Get out of here with that. Um, all right. Yeah, that's a pretty accurate depiction of Nikolai trying to f uh, manage the family finances. Well done, you. All right. Let us look at chapter three, which goes, for the most part, like this. The weather was already growing wintry, and morning frosts congealed an earth saturated by autumn rains. The verdure had thickened, and its bright green stood out sharply against the brownish strips of winter rye trodden down by the cattle, and against the pale yellow stubble of the spring buckwheat. The wooded ravines and the copses, which at the end of August had still been green islands amid black fields and stubble, had become golden and bright red islands amid the green winter rye. The hares had already half changed their summer coats, the fox cubs were beginning to scatter, and the young wolves were bigger than dogs. It was the best time of the year for the chase. The hounds of that ardent young sportsman Rostov had not merely reached hard winter condition, but were so jaded that at a meeting of the huntsmen it was decided to give them a three days rest and then on the 16th of September to go on a distant expedition starting from the oak grove where there was an undisturbed litter of wolf cubs. All that day the hounds remained at home, it was frosty and the air was sharp, but toward evening the sky became overcast and began to thaw. On the 15th, when young Rostov, in his dressing gown, looked out of the window, he saw it was an unsurpassable morning for hunting. It was as if the sky were melting and sinking to the earth without any wind. The only motion in the air was that of the dripping microscopic particles of drizzling mist. The bare twigs in the garden were hung with transparent drops which fell on freshly fallen leaves. The earth in the kitchen garden looked wet and black and glistening like poppy seed and at a short distance merged into the dull moist veil of mist. Nicholas went out into the wet and muddy porch. There was a smell of decaying leaves and of dog. Milka, a black, spotted, broad-haunched bitch with prominent black eyes, got up on seeing her master, stretched her hind legs, lay down like a hare, and then suddenly jumped up and licked him right on his nose and moustache. Another borzoi, a dog, catching sight of his master from the garden path, arched his back and rushing headlong toward the porch with lifted tail began rubbing himself against his legs. Ahoy came at that moment, that inimitable huntsman's call which unites the deepest bass with the shrillest tenor and round the corner came daniel the head huntsman and head kennelman a grey wrinkled old man with hair cut straight over his forehead ukrainian fashion a long bent whip in his hand and that look of independence and scorn of everything that is only seen in huntsmen he doffed his circassian cap to his master and looked at him scornfully. This scorn was not offensive to his master. Nicholas knew that this Daniel, disdainful of everyone and who considered himself above them, was all the same his serf and huntsman. Daniel, Nicholas said timidly, conscious at the sight of the weather, the hounds and the huntsman that was being carried away by that irresistible passion for sport which makes a man forget all his previous resolutions, as a lover forgets in the presence of his mistress. What orders, Your Excellency, said the huntsman in his 
deep bass, deep as a prodeacon's and hoarse with hallooing, and two flashing black eyes gazed from under his brows at his master, who was silent. Can you resist it? Those eyes seemed to be saying. It's a good day, hey, for a hunt and a gallop, hey? asked Nicholas, scratching Milka behind the ears. Daniel did not answer, but winked instead. I sent Uvaka at dawn to listen, his bass boomed out after a minute's pause. He says she's moved them into the Otranoe enclosure. They were howling there. This meant that the she-wolf, about whom they both knew, had moved with her cubs to the Otranoe copse, a small place a mile and a half from the house. We ought to go, don't you think so, said Nicholas. Come to me with Uvaka, as you please. Then put off feeding them. Yes, sir. Five minutes later, Daniel and Ovaka were standing with Nicholas in Nicholas's big study. Though Daniel was not a big man, to see him in a room was like seeing a horse or a bear on the floor among the furniture and surroundings of human life. Daniel himself felt this, and as usual stood just inside the door, trying to speak softly and not move for fear of breaking something in the master's apartment. And he hastened to say that, all that was necessary so as to get from under that ceiling out into the open under the sky once more. Having finished his inquiries and extorted from Daniel an opinion that the hounds were fit, Daniel himself wished to go hunting, Nicholas ordered the horses to be saddled. But just as Daniel was about to go, Natasha came in with rapid steps, not having done up her hair or finished dressing, and with her old nurse's big shawl wrapped around her, Petra ran in at the same time. "'You're going?' asked Natasha. "'I knew you would. Sonia said you wouldn't go, "'but I knew that today is the sort of day when you couldn't help going.' "'Yes, we are going,' replied Nicholas reluctantly, "'for today, as he intended to hunt seriously, "'he did not want to take Natasha and Petra. "'We are going, but only wolf hunting. "'It will be dull for you.' "'You know it is my greatest pleasure,' said Natasha. "'It's not fair you are going by yourself, "'having the horses saddled and said nothing to us about it. "'No barrier bars or Russian's path. We'll go,' shouted Petya. "'But you can't. Mamma said you mustn't,' said Nicholas to Natasha. "'Yes, I'll go. I shall certainly go,' said Natasha decisively. "'Daniel, tell them to saddle for us, and Michael must come with my dogs,' she added to the huntsman. "'It seemed to Daniel irksome and improper to be in a room at all. "'But to have anything to do with a young lady seemed to him impossible. "'He cast down his eyes and hurried out as if it were none of his business,' careful as he went not to inflict any accidental injury on the young lady. Alright, very cool. The gang is going hunting. I feel for Nicholas here. His younger brother and sister tagging along. Cramping his style. Um, so Such a real kind of sibling thing isn't it to just want just want to do this by myself come on then i guess if you guys got to tag along all right guys have your say about it on the subreddit thanks for listening and i'll see you tomorrow